Welcome back, everyone, to a, another episode, the final episode of our Star Trek Strange New Worlds Fake Nerds Watch series. Uh, this concludes, uh, as we were talking about before we aired, uh, 48, I believe, consecutive weeks of Star Trek. And it concludes yeah. 10-episode run, far too short run of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. You always, you're always saying, like, the final episode of our Stranger Worlds discussion. I'm like, there's going to be a season two. Like, well, we already know. know that. But I think of them as, like, series, right? I think of, like, Fake Nerds Watch as, like, series. So, like, every what are, series is a... What are you, in the BBC? Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. I think of everything strangely. Okay. Uh, well, I'm joined... It's a whole new world for you, then. A strange new world. I, I that's what I did. Um, set it up so uh i'm joined by cookie from just little podcast returning you missed last you missed the last episode but you're back uh we finally caught you we finally caught you in between weeks of of going going out of town in between going out of town weekends yeah it's been it's been a crazy crazy couple of weeks which has been good because like i i haven't really gone on vacation a lot and neither has my wife um as a teacher it's like you don't work normal 40 hour work weeks. You work like a hundred hour work weeks. You don't have any days off pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to get away and just enjoy life for a little. And Sparks Witty uh, joining me from Fickner podcast and last week's episode, or last week's hectic episode. Was that, did we drop that last week? Maybe not. Maybe it was a week. I think ago. it was two weeks ago. Whatever. It was Sorry. a while. Whatever the last no, that's why, was. That, that's why I said Cookie was lucky that he was there. Cause it, it was a shit show on my end. <laughs> um yeah cookie that's that's what happens when you leave man i'm sorry Uh, i'm sorry i'll try not to do it this whole show falls apart (laughs) yeah Um, it was like um going to star wars and then going on vacation to tampa and then going to supercon and this weekend i'm actually going to go on a hot date with my wife so it's like you you got this like small little sliver of window but it's so nice to like fill that window with um with like-minded geeks who who appreciate wonderful, wonderful storytelling. Yeah. All right. So let's start with, I appreciate that. That was really nice. I don't mean to like gloss over that. That was really nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, so why don't we start with the first episode then? So we're going to cover two episodes, episode nine and episode 10. And that's going to be, that's going to be it. Um, so let's do episode nine first. Uh, all those who wander. What did we think of this one? Hey, so, um, like, I just learned about the Gorn. Yeah. Have they always just been alien? No. Okay. The complete, which is crazy for me, because we've talked about it. Um, Brandon and I have talked about it multiple times where if this show shows the Gorn, it's going to mess with continuity. And they did it in such a way that, it, for me, it didn't mess with it. because hey, it was Here's the thing, though. It does mess with it. And, a and little. To be, the, to be perfectly the, honest... To be perfectly honest, the fact that Spock is there is the problem, uh, because Spock, Spock doesn't in, see a Gorn. That's true. That's true. But he says that no one has seen a Gorn, and nobody knows what their ships look like, and nobody knows what they look like. And he specifically says that those lines in the and the and the thing is like, that's fine. Strange New Worlds came out of the gate and said like, we're going to stick to canon, but we're not going to be strangled by it. And if the story, if the story deems that we're going to have to bend canon a bit, that so be it. And quite frankly, I'm okay with that. Maybe he just they, means we, no one currently on the ship. 
<laughs> sure. We didn't we didn't see their ship though. All we saw was the baby Gorns. Yes, that's true. We and, and like I think cru- crucially, Stranger Worlds walked the line of like being like you know they, nobody saw an adult Gorn in mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. You know they're all adolescent Gorn. And like even if at this point, even if you wanted to have like someone sees an adult Gorn, like we get the Gorn again next season, and there's an adult there. All right, whatever, it's fine. Because mm-hmm. like. Again, like if, if I don't think that Strange New Worlds, I don't think any Star Trek, quite honestly, I don't mind when Discovery does this either. But like, if you need to bend canon for your story, for what you think is going to be a good story, go mm-hmm. right ahead. That's the thing about that's the thing about these legacy franchises, these like long running franchises like Star Wars, Star Trek. They have to be they have to be bent. The next generation bent bent the canon all the time. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody cares because that's considered the gold standard of Star Trek. But nobody talks about the fact that the next generation, all the way through Enterprise, really messed with the original series. Like they 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 were constantly changing things from the original series. I think it's even more prominent whenever you're dealing with prequels, especially prequels to material that exists at least twenty or thirty years back. Yeah. That you just kind of be like, I mean, this is like anytime someone's like getting mad about like actually upset like they're like this kind of breaks canon for me but whatever on uh leia in obi-wan oh sure spoilers for obi-wan leia's in it uh anyone who gets like really up bent out of shape about the canon of that i'm like what do you want like they obviously made that movie not thinking about this story but isn't the story more engaging and and developing to have and more fun who cares if like the minor details of it don't quite perfectly line up Exactly. It's the difference between bending canon and breaking canon, I think. Um, because it, it, I, I do believe that if you break canon, that... Like um, like like when you have a plot point about board, transporting people off one ship while the shields are up, and then later you do it, even though that's not supposed to be possible in the science of Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah, canon breaking. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Star Trek in the Darkness does that a lot. I I remember... Yeah. Um, so like if you break if you break canon even i'll have a problem with with that because i think then you like i think then you hurt the foundation of what you're building off of but bending there's nothing wrong with a little bending and quite honestly i i think i think they i think strange new worlds walks the line of like all we're doing is just bending canon a bit mm-hmm. but yes this is the first time also the first time we've seen an adolescent corn have I shown you a picture, Sparks, of what the Gorn looked like in the original series? No. Okay. Um, I don't want to know, to be sure? honest with you. No, I don't want to know. Okay, well, so I'll just paint a picture because it's part of the discussion of what I really like about this episode. Sure. Because um, the Gorn in that original series episode, so it's called The Arena. Mm-hmm. And we just meet one, one Gorn captain. Um, and it's basically like this... You know, it's a it's an impressive suit for the time, but it's definitely it's definitely restrictive. The guy can't see in it. It's it's lumbering. It's slow. Um, it's heavy. Uh, and Kirk has to pretend to fight this thing that he is clearly faster than. OK, I already know what we're talking about now because I've seen that fight. Oh, you've seen that fight. That's a good I, I mean, like through osmosis like that. That yeah. thing's been around. This is yeah. the famous one, right? Yes. He's fighting the lizard headed man. All exactly. Right. That's All a right. Gorn. All right. 
Okay. And so, and so like, that's that. So like the idea of like in this episode, what I've really liked about strange new worlds in general is that they've recontextualized the Goron to be a terrifying threat because they're meant to be in the original series. We just, they just didn't have the technology to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I I like that we really expanded on that. And I hope that, I hope that we get a redesign because quite frankly, like they need it. I think though, like, like sparks, you can tell that they got a lot of inspiration from certain other movies out that this are out alien. there. This is alien. This is alien. I think inspiration is a generous word. <laughs> <laughs> they ripped. They completely ripped. I think the word you're searching for is lifted. <laughs> <laughs> and while I am a big aliens fan, and I appreciate the fact that they did it, and it was like a uh, not a subtle nod to them, I think that they could have done something different. Mm. I I think. I agree with you because this is the thing. I literally love this episode, except for the fact that the whole time I was like, this is just alien though. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is literally just alien though. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel like there was a better way. Yeah. They... I just, I just feel like I, I think you can even do the eggs living inside a host and then bursting out and hatching and still go a different way than the rest of the episode still playing like an alien film in star trek yeah and and it 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 only got to me only because like when it wasn't doing that everything about like what happens with the characters in this episode i love everything about the context around this this is one of my favorite episodes because the entire main cast is in this episode even if they're not in it throughout the entire time they all appear at one point or another yeah, because like we don't have uh, Rebecca Romaine the whole time, but we do have her at the beginning and the end. Uh, and we Dr. and are the same, but like we get most of the characters throughout the entire run. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, uh, so I, I really like that episode right off the bat, like. Because we got ev- all the players on the board, um, but it, it really just. There was something about like. This maybe sounds a little mean, but like like you took the easy way out. Mm-hmm. So you mean like the like they 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 like instead of instead of paying homage, they lifted. Um, it 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 feels that way. I think yeah. like I think like just the eggs and the bursting out, right, and scampering away, that's homage. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm with you. It's growing quickly. It's stalking them around the ship. There's a little girl. The only reason that it doesn't get jettisoned into space is because they're not currently in space. They're on a planet, so they have to freeze it. The uh, uh, this also has a lot of uh, it's like it's like if the characters from Aliens was were in Alien, right? Because like Sam Kirk is the Bill Paxton character. I I had to process the sentence you said for a second, but okay, I'm with you now. <laughs> right, because like Bill Paxton's not in the first in the first film. Yes, he's okay. in the second film, and yes. he's like he's like game over, man. That's Sam Kirk. Uh-huh. The entire time Sam Kirk is playing Bill Paxton's character. Right. And then this got, is what I mean. Like whole cast is here. Sam Kirk's here. Jesus Christ. I know you got Sam Kirk back for the for, for the first time this season. Um and then you have a the little girl, Newt. That's clearly just Newt. Newt. Yeah. One hundred percent Newt. See, that was another yeah, the little girl, the little girl angle. Uh I that's the other part, I guess. Like the whole little girl thing didn't work for me. Yeah. I agree um, with that. Have like, you guys yeah, seen the strand? Or strain? No. The strain? Yes. Yeah. I saw the first two, three seasons and then I dipped okay. out. In that, it's like kind of like a Nasratu with meets mm-hmm. 
like a Dracula form. And what happens is when you get infected, there are these like small worms that literally take over your body and you don't know that they're there. But when you see like a UV light, it hits it. You're seeing them literally covering your body, just swimming around and it's, it gives you the chills. And there was a moment in here where I don't know the guy, but the blue creature dude, Mm -hmm. they looked at his neck and they saw the, like the veins and everything. And I was like, this is awesome. If they continued with that and blossomed on that, where you have it like infected his entire body, these worms are taking over and it's literally eating him from the inside out. Boom. You, you changed everything up. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like there was a, a more interesting creative way to go about this. Sure. And they, they, maybe it was intended as, as like tribute or, or homage to alien, but it's 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 just lifting a little too much there was a moment speak, speaking to your point that you said the whole you got the whole cast in this episode there was a moment it was after lieutenant uh, expendable dies and uh cadet shia D- dies dale dale Dil- dylan i don't remember it starts with a d i think it's dale i think it's dale yeah but he uh, was in and he was out it was uh, when, quick when they so like I knew, I knew that they, those obviously, like it's Star Trek tradition. They're introduced at the beginning of the episode. They're expendable. The moment, the moment, it's like also this ceremony is for Dale. Congrats on being dead. I was <laughs> yeah. like, this guy's dead. I don't know He's what gone. we're doing, but this guy's dead. And like Cadet Chia, who's like, and Cadet Chia, who's been here the whole time, which is fine. Like I'm, I'm kind of excited that you were like, oh yeah, Ohura wasn't the only cadet on the Enterprise doing yeah. a rotation. Cool. Where the hell has Chia been the whole season though? Um. And so, like, you you introduce these people because you're going. You need expendable characters because there's a moment after those two characters die where I looked at everyone on the screen. And I go, everyone here has plot armor, except for two of them, Laon and Hammer. Uh huh. Because otherwise, everyone we know when everyone dies, right? Or at least we know where they end up. Because I don't think we've ever seen Mbenga's death. Perhaps, perhaps that's that's part of the that's part of the reason too is like even without me being intimately familiar with star trek canon i'm like all right i know most of these folks are gonna make it out but i i I don't even think it's necessarily maybe just because they're hard they're going too hard on the alien concept and like where alien succeeds in this film is because you don't know who's going to make it out Mm um i i think that they're i think like cookie brought up a great point i think that it's just when you're looking at the like infection on the blue alien um everything was far more like interesting because the moment they said like infected with gorn eggs and that kind of thing i was like all right like there's so much more you can do with a concept that if they're if they spit on you you're you've got gorn eggs in you and i feel like there's a different way to go about giving birth to that than the chest bursting maybe even like I said earlier that if it had just been the chest, the not chest bursting, but the bursting out of the body, maybe even just if that wasn't, it wouldn't have felt so, so heavily handed in the alien territory. Yeah. Um, Now, granted, there were three in him instead of one, which is really rolling some some new dice here. So (laughs) Uh, he he, it reminded me of of the Pred Alien from Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Sure. Yeah. If you remember that. The, I was just going to remind everybody of the I most forget? horrifying scene of that movie. It's like the the coolest the coolest thing, coolest idea that they could have come up with wasted an entire film. 
That movie is so awful. That movie is awful. Um, and that should have been that should have been like the knockout idea, right? Yeah, it talk about been. like two two supervillain stars, and it's like what could be better than combining them and like literally being able to do that and having it make sense within your own canon? Wild, wild that they botched that idea. Um, Listen to our uh, alien, alien, alien. So we did that on the Predator, right? We did that on the Predator. We did both. Discussion. We did pre- Yeah, okay. We did the we did the AVP discussion in Predator because Alien has yeah. too many movies. Um, okay, go, go check that episode out for that. I want to. I do want to touch on because I brought up like the little girl stuff doesn't work for me. There is an exception. Um, I really like because we're just coming out of the episode. I really like Doctor Mbenga being um, calling him her his daughter when he gets upset mm-hmm. uh, and recognizing that and using that to connect to Laon. I think that works. Mm-hmm. But then outside that, the girl means nothing to me. We we literally don't spend time with her. She's a plot device, mostly to push Laon out of the show, which I don't get. Yeah, it's 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 weird that because Laon's not gone forever, she'll be in the next season. I would assume so. I don't know why we're doing this. Yeah, it's it, it is a weird thing to do because and if we had kept. Like if we had done like time with her and the child, like it, but we don't have any scenes where it's just the two of them being relatable. That's that's honestly the thing. Like outside of Laon leaving for the girl at the end of the sh- the episode, the girl serves no purpose to the story. Yeah, it's it's nice that there's a moment of Do- Doctor Mbenga because you're like carrying on. Oh man, that just happened to him. Cool. I'm glad that that's like still on the character's mind. That's nice to know. But then yeah. outside of that, like she doesn't do. We have again, we have our whole cast here, m- uh, at least partially or most of the episode. Having this little girl adds nothing, and there's no time to spend with her. So she's a just another distraction. And I do feel like Cookie's right. Just a newt send up ultimately. That kind of goes nowhere. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's kind of you include Newt without making what Newt what 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 made newt work yeah the only thing that i can think of is that this is a reflection of laan and it's her realizing what she did as a kid and now trying to jump that hurdle as an adult and move past it because it's it's definitely something that she has not moved past and mm-hmm. the death of her brother weighs heavily on her and it seems like now that she's going to do this journey to kind of reconcile what she did in her past and hopefully kind of like forgive herself. I hear you. And I definitely see them going for that in the show. They just the didn't. Is, yeah, no, they just didn't execute on it. Brandon's right. Like they needed to spend, they needed to put more scenes of her and Lon. Honestly, like I'm really happy the whole cast was in the show, but you strip down that cast so that Lon spends more time with the girl. That's what mm-hmm. you do if you're doing that story, right? But they yeah. didn't commit to that idea. So it's just kind of like you could you could lose it. Also, I don't like the girl. Here's the problem. I hate that character from the moment that she sees that the blue alien's about to go go nuclear and release I the board. This. And and the little girl says nothing. I watched this Christmas. It just goes and hides, and I'm like, you are essentially responsible for the death of Cadet Cherry. Yes. I I, I had the, I had that same thought the second time I watched it. The second time I watched it because I watched it uh, just a little bit just a little bit ago. I watched both these episodes just a bit ago. Uh, it, you know, she's like, it, "Do you have Gorn in you? Like, what? You know, what? Why didn't you tell it?" And like, when she notices, because she notices that the blue alien, like, what's happening? She knows what's happening to this guy. She, she's aware of it because she goes to hide. She doesn't 
say anything. Right. And like immediately I was like, there's and no in, reason why you shouldn't have. And in theory should already know they're infected. And in theory should at least spot the signs sooner. And like, I don't even understand how this girl survived when everyone else didn't. Mm-hmm. That feels just kind of like a cop out to have this girl there. Um, But yeah, I like, honestly, it was framed in such a way when she was sneaking away that I'm like, is she bad? Me too. Is she like, I thought the same thing. Does she want the Gorn to infect people? Is it her fault? Because that's how they frame it. Yeah. She she legitimately like seemed like a bad person to me, and then they're like, no, she was just scared, and I'm like, oh, so she just sucks. Yeah. Uh, understood. <laughs> yeah. So you, it doesn't help. You immediately doesn't help that they made her unlikable. You immediately don't like this character, and I I'm sure that's not the point. Like the point is that she's supposed to be scared and should kept her tongue, but it's like. Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, ma'am. The guy that you're looking at is about to kill you. In this in this very wonderful season of television, this was a big, big whiff on a on a character beat. Uh, was just the involvement of this girl just didn't didn't work even a little bit. Yeah, I will say we've been a little negative on the episode. I do think it's a good episode overall. Me too. <laughs> and it, I, it definitely sets up for the finale, and I it gets you intrigued so much for the finale. Literally of the of the of the season or of the finale of the episode, the finale of this season. Okay, well we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. But it just like how how the beats happen with this, and like you guys said with this little girl. Granted, I haven't finished it, so don't spoil it for me. I'm still. I don't know how I haven't been spoiled by it, but Halo with the one chick who's been watching that sitting with the covenant. I couldn't spoil it for you if I wanted to. Okay. So I stopped, I stopped watching. <laughs> I couldn't do it covenant. anymore. And she's just like, she's always with the covenant and she's been raised by them. And now she wants them to take over the world. And I immediately thought of this little girl. I'm like, wow, maybe this is a way for the Gorn to infiltrate the Federation and kind of plant their own seed inside there. And this blossoms into something. Or it's a trap for yeah. Pike. Yeah. Yeah. Either, either even without the halo reference like i i get you and that's that's how it felt like they were framing it and i think that's the problem i i brandon wanted to switch to positives but i'm it, it's it's a uh, i think it stands out so much because we've been nothing but positive up to this point on the show yeah. and i feel like this is the first time honestly genuinely i feel like this is the first time in the season where i went boy that was just that was just bad that was just <laughs> not good that was just not a good choice but in reference when you when you compare it to discovery you're like, oh, this is wonderful. This I is great. I can't, can't do, do that. that. I can't do that. I can't compare it to any other Star Trek show. I just have what's in front of me, Cookie, and this is the one thing where I'm like, well, this was this was a mistake. And, now that and, being said, Brandon's correct. The whole episode is very good, and the the important story, which Laon's is not the important story, which is the problem of including the girl, is Uhura's story. Yeah, because yes. this is Uhura staying. And I think that that arc works really well. And it's something that's been teased about through this entire season. We we keep getting glimpses of her and her like coming of age and coming into her own. Uh, well, it's, her it own goes back suit. to it goes back to the, the the recap of this episode. Very wisely reminded you reminds the audience of the last time Hemmer and Uhura were together, yep. which has her talk about how she doesn't know if she wants to stay in Starfleet. You know, and and I mean, we know where she goes. We know that she does stay in Starfleet. But I think what I think what this show has wisely done is not necessarily given us doubt, 
but showed us why that ended up being important to her, why she came back, why mm. she was like, yeah, once I'm done here, I'm going to, I'm going to go back. Right. Um, I think that was a good, that was a good choice. Um, now I do want to say one, th- one thing though, Cookie, I'm so mad at you for bringing up the Halo show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I got to finish it too. That's the sad no, thing. It's I, bad. I have to finish it for my Patreon. Like I, I stopped it. I'm like, do your patron as a favor. If he's getting paid, you get paid, man. <laughs> you know what? That's Keep fair. doing that's it. Fair. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, I think I think what they've done with Uhura uh, is really great. And yeah. this episode specifically. Yeah. Uh, I did not think that they would kill Hammer. It I was just so sad. Did not see that coming. Very sad. Very sad. Very gut wrenching. Very like. I like him so much. Me yeah, too. such a I bummer. really, I really He's like grown character. so much. It made me. me, it made me all the more happy. Like, not that I was disappointed in any way, but like we didn't get to. I, I definitely didn't gush about it enough. But it made me all the happier in retrospect that the previous episode had so much of him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because because he's gone now. Um, really, really touching. Really good arc for that character. Really good ending. Uh, and it feels very natural and logical that this would be uh, the step that would keep Uhura grounded in, in the Federation in Starfleet. Yeah, I think what Hammer, I, I Hammer quickly became a favorite character. Uh, and I think to the point that, like, apparently Bruce Horak, who's the actor, knew that there knew all the scripts were written by the time he signed on. So he knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, like. I think that he was able to shine and I, and I don't think the writers quite knew how good that mm-hmm. character would come off. Sure. Um, Cause I have, a, I, I do wonder if they would have killed him, killed him if that were the case. But I think that when he comes out of that thing and you know, Laon has this, uh, this moment where she knows what he had, what he's going to do. Um, it, it comes as a it comes as such a shock because you think that like, the danger's done, the danger's over. We we got the Gorn. We're 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 good. And then there's one more thing we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah, that really. Yeah, I just wasn't. Uh, and like it 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 def I definitely like when it gets to Laon and she's being chased by the thing, and I get where it's going with the Gorn and and what's about to happen, and I'm like, all right see the trajectory of the end of your alien episode. I got you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, that was fine. That was fun. When it gets to the, the Hemmer stuff, I'm like, Oh, I did not. I just wasn't ready. Yeah. I just wasn't ready for it. Um, You bring up a good point. Like maybe they wouldn't have, had they known. And that would have been a shame. Like as yeah. much as I'm sad to see him go, this was clearly the correct narrative choice to make. Um, Uhura staying because of this works. The whole season works because of this choice. Mm-hmm. Her whole arc of this season works because of this decision. And I think this is where the streaming service idea of Star Trek probably shines because you don't get this in the age of next generation Star Trek. As a person who hasn't watched it at all, allow me to say that you don't get like this kind of narrative decision. Like they would, they would have said, oh, "He's really working. We should, we should keep him on. Yeah, around mm-hmm. for a bit longer. We'll drag out that Ahura 
moment uh well you know like she's spinning her wheels she's spinning her wheels until we're ready to let that character go no you let that character go now it is time the story dictates it it happens uh that really played to their strengths yeah i think you're right about that i think that like sometimes sometimes a writer's room gets in its own way and i think this is a time when it didn't get to happen because they did it all already i think you're right i i you know there's a lot of there's a lot of characters in the next generation. There's a lot of characters in Voyager and all these, all the shows. It, it's, network television in general. <laughs> it's it's a network television problem, right? It, it, it's it's. I talked about it when when Picard was was airing its first season. I was doing a lot of research on just how network on how the differences between streaming and network television were filmed. The one of the biggest differences is that streaming is filmed all at once, and then you, and then it airs and it's done. Whereas mm-hmm. network would 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 film thirteen, air those thirteen. And right. then film nine, and that's how and that's and that's how they would be like that's how they would dictate which characters stayed on the show, which characters got more stuff to do, which things like that. Every every network show did that, right? Plus, it helps that the goal is not syndication. That's true. Also true. You know, like I, while I lament that there is not more strange new worlds to watch this week or soon, uh, this was a tight season. Mm-hmm. This was a tight ten episodes that really really worked, and. The fact that they were able to come in with such a gut punch before the finale is quite impressive. Yeah. I think I think by the standards of any streaming show, let alone a Star Trek one. Yeah. I think that Hammer's final moments also are really, really great when he says, just like Andoria, you know, that that's all really yeah. great. Uh, there's a discussion I wanted I, I wanted to kind of address though. And it's about how Star Trek handles disability. So I think there's mm-hmm. been a misreading of of how of characters on this show in a way. Okay. Um, and now, mind you, my disability is not physical. Mine is mental. So, sure. like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an authority, and this is just my opinion. And I want to be clear that anyone who does not share this opinion, I'm not attacking anybody here. I think Hammer is the only truly disabled character on Strange New Worlds. Um, in the sense that he has a physical, he has a physical disability. He's blind. Sure. And, and I, and I, and I do understand the discussion that has happened around, around his death that they've killed one of the, one of the only prominent disabled characters on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And that I, I, I also lament that character's death. I think it's a good character. I think his story works. And but I get, I get, I get the argument around the visibility of it and why import, why why that character was important. Mm-hmm. It is really nice that we know for a fact he is coming back, not Hammer, but Bruce Horak is. Um so that's great. twin out there. He's like I was thinking the same thing like is it like the 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 what's the what's the beer movie? Uh Beer Fest. Beer, beer Fest. Fest. Uh Bruce Horak is coming back to the show. He's in season 2 but as a different character. Mm-hmm. Um people have talked about how Laon is disabled because of her PTSD, which there's an argument that can be made there. Um, and she was written off the show in the same episode. And people were like, well, you know, that's bad representation because you wrote off that, that, that mentally disabled character. But the one that really bugged me was uh, Rukia. Because people were like, Rukia was, represented, was, was representative of people with... Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Autoimmune deficiency? No, it's um chronic illness. 
Chronic illness. Thank you. Same thing. Different word. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Um, it's okay. So and so like well, the fact that people live with chronic illnesses, but the but I think that's where the misreading came from. I don't think Laon is meant to be coded as a character with disability. I do think that she is a character with PTSD. Um, and I and I, I I understand that's kind of like semantics, but I do think there's there's a slight difference there. Rukia is the one where I where I definitely saw people going like, oh, they wrote off the character who was representative of chronic illness. I was like, that character was actively dying. That is not the same as having a disability. That that's character true. was going to die if she if she left that transporter. Yeah, that's not the same. That's like that's like because essentially it's like she's a character with cancer on pause. Yes, whenever she's in the transporter. It. Yeah. Uh, no, those are not the same things. And I, I feel comfortable and confident saying that knowing people who have had chronic illness. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that, that, and like, those, I don't think that they would read that as the same. Maybe there are some people who, but I think you're projecting and like, mm-hmm. let's be clear. Laan and Hemmer are characters. Rukia. Mm, she's <laughs> a, she's a device for Mbenga's story. A good yeah. one, but let's not get too crazy and call her like a representative character. She was in a handful of scenes. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that there there came a I do think that there came a misreading of of how Star Trek handled disabilities because of it started with Rukia, went to Laon, and then through Hemmer. Is this a known Trek problem or is this just like strange? It's been got the shit in the bag for some reason. It's been a problem when it comes to the new show specifically, because they have been trying to be a lot more visible with um um queer coding characters actually actively queer uh characters disabled characters discovery got a lot of flack in its first season for having a character in a wheelchair um so like it's it's a new it's like a quote-unquote new trek issue that because there's been such an effort to show characters with active disabilities that they can still like like hammer that they can still operate in starfleet even though they are disabled i think there's been a a bigger target from the disabled community on all of this back. And then like you have hammer who is good representative representation, then die. I think that's kind of where discovery got a lot of that flack from that community because of, because hammers, because hammers death. If you, okay, go ahead. So I want to say, if you guys look at people as a whole and it's like, you're you're the showrunners you're the writers you're like okay let me go and hire and write in characters that are a mixed bag of different cultures and different people you you have to kill off somebody this is not <laughs> the rainbow where everybody lives everybody wins everybody's happy now this then that's not a good show people have to die off in star trek or you're people right have to go off you're right and you're absolutely correct and i agree with you i th- i do think that the at the the argument comes down to why do the people who have to die have to be the disabled characters, which I don't actually think is as big of a problem as people are making it out to be. Yeah. Um, if, if they're not disabled, then they're, they're part of the LGBTQ community. If they're not part of that community and they're not disabled, they're part of the black community or they're part of the Asian community or the a minority. And it's like, okay, we only have like literally only, only kill the white men. Exactly. And that it's I mean, like, I'm okay nobody will be happy. So it's like I, I think that they did a wise decision, like you guys both agree, that this character means a lot to a lot of people, and his death was so impactful that he was able to go and bring life to another character. 
See, I and then you brought up what I was going to say, because I think that's the difference, right? Like, it's not about the fact that, like, oh, they killed this character like they they like if he had died in the same way for the same kind of reason that the other two characters who are not important characters and we just met in this episode died, that would be pretty shitty. And I would agree. I would think that was that was serviceless and like kind of rude to do. But this is this is still good representation. This is a still a disabled character doing something impactful and important that is furthering not just a character, a legacy character of this (laughs) franchise. He is instrumental to the reason that she's there in Star Trek in the original series. And they have done that. That's so important and impactful. Um, And the fact that his death is emblematic of that choice makes this not a waste, makes this not careless. Uh, Now, had Ortegas been the character killed in this episode in such a manner, I would get some outrage because that's not a character who's been given their just due and that they would have just taken out and is representative to some people. Like I would understand. I think that's reasonable to be upset if they had done that. This is not that this is, this is a character doing something important to the narrative in the act of their own passing. And I, I think there's an amount where like, sure is it a bummer that in the next season of strange new worlds you will not have that blind character there as representation yeah that is a bummer however they had an incredible arc and an important impact in the star trek franchise as a whole uh and that's really more important i think than uh just keeping them around aimlessly yeah, and their legacy will live on because of what they did here. There's their sacrifice in like saving the many and being a pacifist and showcasing the love. I, I say pacifist and because he's like he's he he doesn't want to kill anything. Mm-hmm. And he's a pacifist. He, he, pushes, he, he says he says he's a pacifist. Yeah. So it's just like seeing that he's gonna sacrifice himself for this cause and continue on. It, his legacy does live on through and what, multiple what, characters now. What's kind of cool about what Sparks is saying is that, and what, what I didn't realize until actually just until he brought it up, what Hammer did whenever you watch the original series. Now you have a different you, lens. You have a different lens to look at Uhura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. That's a, that's the thing, right? Like Uhura is now present for the rest of Star Trek. And in Starfleet, because of this moment, that's really important. Like, I, I think it's I think it's a disservice to like, I think if you don't think that that was an important and, and you know, relevant passing for the character, then I don't know how much you were connecting to the character to begin with. Oh, that's fair. That's a good point. Um, but but why don't know. we move off that? Uh, I want to talk about Spock in this. Let's episode. talk about Spock. How'd you guys like the Spock arc? The I like Spark. Spock. The, the spark i like spock in general uh, I, I do really like ethan peck in this role and i always kind of like seeing him like you know it's the, it's the thing we talked about a lot with like the kelvin movies like when spock is emotional and beyond it doesn't it rings a little hollow because he's been emotional the entire franchise mm-hmm. um but here you get this moment where he's like like rages out and like they really show like the full force of like what vulcan rage can be um because they you know they talk about how primal their emotions are, they actually have much stronger emotions than humans do. It's just, mm-hmm. they suppress them. Um, I think that, I think that was a really, 
cool way to do it. Like, you know, he's like the, the, the anger in my heart, I let into my mind or whatever it is. Right. Um, it was cool. How'd you guys feel about Sam pushing that out of him? This is an interesting choice. Have it be Sam. So they haven't really shared a scene together. Like yeah, really. like one, I think yeah. one at the first episode or something. Yeah. Cookie, what do you think? I, I, I loved it. I, I really loved it. And I love the fact that they did showcase like a small glimmer or glimpse of his power that he literally holds inside. And almost like a, a rocket ship, when you, when you keep things bottled up, there eventually will be a point, a breaking point. And that was his breaking point of getting pushed by Sam. Like, hey, let it out. Let it out. And it's like, ah, when I heard him yell, I was like, ah, it's a weak yell. But then when I saw him like really rage out in his own way of expressing himself, because he didn't want to express his true potential of emotions there. But then when he did it in a solitude or what he thought was his own solitude, and of course he wasn't there, it was it was really nice. I really enjoyed that moment. And the fact that somebody was there to calm him down and saying, like, hey, it's okay to be well, you, human. Well, you've kind of you kind of passed you kind of passed through the 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 bit on on the on it when with the gorn but i think what what works for me to your point what you're what you've kind of led into is what works for me and and have his anger is the moment with chapel mm. after the funeral mm-hmm. i think that's a really great moment sure yeah I, I think that's a great moment too i think the whole thing works for me i think i think sam pushing it out of him i think it's it's correct, right? That in Star Trek, the original series, Spock is still uh, kind of learning things from human beings, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that that was this was new back then. That was the shtick was yeah. that Spock is emotionless, so he's learning things. So this should be a Spock who's still even before that coming to grips with understanding emotion and and comprehending it. So like him being completely novice at at handling and engaging with rage, I think yeah. is a good idea. And this is the this is the first time that we've seen him lose someone in this way. Like we regardless of of Lieutenant Dale, um, regardless of what it, what happens that him him, it's important for Spock to have the moment where he's trying to pull him back, right? And where he's trying to to save him from the Gorn and then lose that character, and then he he like loses him. He can't keep him. He 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 couldn't hold on long enough, and so that right. like weighs on him. Yeah. Yeah, I really I like that. That and the Uhura arc are like it's those it's those three main character things that are moving us forward. The Lon, Hemmer and Uhura and, and this. And I think that two out of three went really, really well. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I really like the Gorn uh, design, the puppets when uh, when they're when they're puppets. It's it's the the baby ones, I think, are always puppets. No, they're not but they are mostly puppets. Then the a more like the, the bigger one is rarely a puppet, but there is one of it. And I think when the puppetry is kind of cool and the CGI is good in, in the show in general, mm-hmm. but I, I like that they decided to go for a, a practical look to it in some places. Right. Um, and then there was, I really oh, like the design of that, that new alien they meet. I was about to say the, yeah. the, the prosthetic work on that alien, the way that his mouth moves is really impressive Mm -hmm. for such a such a small character i thought it was a really impressive feat that 
and the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys wonder where the transformation comes from, where they're going from four feet to being on two feet and being more of like a, a humanoid body shape? So I have a theory about this. Uh, I'm going to answer first, Brandon, because I didn't know what an adult Gorn looked like until Brandon made me realize I've seen it before, Um, which is that in my mind, they look like the things from Zathura. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um, Which, frankly, I think is pretty accurate based on this episode. I can see that, yes. The way canon always works is that the last time you saw something is the canonized version of it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So the last time we saw the Gorn wasn't in the original series. It was in Enterprise. And in Enterprise, they're a lot more reptilian. And they're a lot more... Uh, that's a fully CGI creature. And like to be fair, it's not a great one because CGI back then, it's very dated. Um, but it's a far more reptilian kind of look. It's not. It's no longer a dude in a suit. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think we're going to actually get another design, a new design for the Gorn that might closely match... This, did either of you this is i know i know the answer for one of you but the the there's a star trek game that's set after star trek 09 and before star trek it's darkness oh i know what you're talking about there's a game where you where you it's a shooter where you play as kirk and spock and it's a it's a co-op shooter and you go to and you go to new Vulcan. Well, i go to star trek for you know my shooting games right yeah it's kind of fun um a little buggy you told me yeah yeah um and so like the so you go to New Vulcan and you fight an infestation of Gorn. OK, and they're 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 the they're the antagonists of that game. I think we're going to get kind of a hybrid of that design, which is a much more it's just a four legged design, like a much more kind of like Raptor uh, four legged Raptor design. Um, and we're going to mix the two to make a kind of like a Gorn that could like that can walk on two legs, but like an alien can also walk on four. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I think anyway. In enterprise. Oh, go ahead. Sorks. So a Gorn was in enterprise. Yes. Okay. People saw it. It's not what you think. What do you mean? It's not what I think. You've told me, you know about this episode because you told me about this episode. It's the mirror universe episode of enterprise. Oh, okay. So that's where, so it's not, it's not a prime Gorn. It's a uh-huh, mirror yeah. Gorn. All right. All right. So <laughs> that's how they did it. Sure. I was just going to say that Enterprise still does take place before this. I know, but it's not. But the Enterprise, the prime timeline has never seen a Gorn. Didn't see a Gorn in Enterprise. The mirror timeline did. Okay. Gotcha. So, to be fair, only only Laon and Hemmer see the Gorn. Hemmer doesn't in person see it. in this one and live. And then Hemmer dies. That's a good point. And Hemmer, That's Hemmer true. doesn't. Hemmer doesn't actually see it. So, Hemmer... uh, so it's just Laon. So, and yeah. Laon's already seen Gorn. So that's not shocking. Yeah, that's true. All good points. Um, I do wonder if we will see an adult Gorn eventually, though. Now, someone does see like they have it on like a, a schematic version on the screen at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've seen, but they haven't seen it in real life, and that's different. It's it's the fun it's the fun line that they have to walk. Hey, I always wanted I've always wanted Star Trek to revisit the Gorn. I always thought they were a cool species that could be a lot of fun and really scary if done well. And I'm really happy that Strange New World is doing it. 
Um, I really like the bit where Spock, it, it just stuck with me, the bit where Spock calls Dale by the wrong, calls him Ensign. Oh, yeah. And they're like, you owe him a drink, Spock. Screwed up. <laughs> That's why the... Sam's really mad. It's because Spock just didn't save him to get out of buying him that drink. <laughs> uh, I like the, the line he says after that, which is like, do, another human drinking game, do they have no limit? Nope. Um, yeah. There's a line that, that, that La'an says is like the only time that they have a scene together with the girl where he's like, there's surviving and then there's living. I think that's a good scene. Um, cause it really talks about like the, the theme of the season, right? The theme that like Pike is going through and like Uhura has the same kind of like talk with Hammer in, a, in, a, in their own way where Hammer's mm -hmm. like, you know, you know, you're, you're you're just too scared to let people in. You're too scared to essentially like, you're too scared to like live. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that's, I think that's, that's that a good encapsulation of what this season has been about. Sure. Um, so uh, real quickly, K7 is mentioned. K7 is the famous episode with it's from the, the trouble with tribbles. That's cool. Oh, I like that episode. Um, I wrote here, uh, Cadet Chia, who has always been there. <laughs> Definitely. Um, oh, here's here's something that I I, I I don't love, which is that the Sombra class starship is just a Constitution class starship. <laughs> that bugged me. Well, why why does that bug you? Because like they're like, oh, it's a Sombra class ship. It's 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 unique, but like it's just a Constitution class. There's no different. It, it maybe it's smaller, but that's just a constitution class. Now, and in fairness, they did it because they could reuse the same sets that they have. They just yeah. turn off the lights. And so, like, fine, cool, whatever. Then call it a constitution class. Just be like, oh, a, another constitution class fell. <laughs> fell. <laughs> it didn't fall out of the sky. <laughs> but like another constitution class uh, crashed. Okay. That's maybe it has. Do. Maybe it has something different about it that's not cosmetic. It's it's they maybe it's I the people. It up, I looked it up. It's got a crew of ninety nine, which they say in the episode, and which means it's a smaller ship. It's a Constitution class because Mbenga says built with the same parts of the Constitution class, and it's meant to be smaller than the Enterprise. Well, well, there you go. Then it's a different class. Now just call it a Constitution class, but just, it's smaller. But it's smaller. But that's so it's that's like a all, con. That's con all superficial. Class. That's all superficial. Everything is superficial. Just call it a Constitution class, man. Nobody, will, nobody will care. There's 50 Constitution class you starships in the original know. series. <laughs> what? Brandon, nobody else cared but you. <laughs> but you. Nobody here. But I'm not the only one who didn't care. I know. Oh, but like, care. let let's let's widen out the the viewership of Strange New Worlds and the percentage that cared about that and the percentage that didn't. <laughs> but nobody would care if you just made it a Constitution class starship. That's true. Nobody would care anyway. Right. And they they changed it to Sombra because like they already they already film they already had the the had the the the, the like production designer talked about this how they they filmed the out the exterior scenes on the volume mm -hmm. um, on their version of the volume so like they already made that ship and the, mm -hmm. and the original and the script it was Constitution class but then they changed it after the fact and they couldn't go back and change it in the in post. Well then, there that, you go. That's it. Because that's the problem with the with the with the volume is that you once it's on that screen, you you can't change it. 
well, there you go. Then we just, you know, we just accept that it's a different class because it's smaller. I just call it a constitution class. But they can't. They just said. I, know, just I said understand they can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a constitution class. Okay. Anyway. Oh, man, that was good. I think that's every note I have for this episode. Yeah. Anyone else got anything for this episode? Or do you want to move on to the next? I think we're good. I, we're almost we're an good. hour in and we got a whole other big episode to talk about. We got a big episode to talk about. I was actually really surprised that the, that one, that this one took as long as it did. So, all right. So we'll move on to episode 10, A Quality of Mercy. And I had no idea what to expect with this episode. Uh, and uh, this is my favorite episode of the season. It's a good one. It is. What do you guys think? It's a really yeah. good episode. Uh, I, I enjoy this a lot. Um, I like some callbacks to certain characters' voices that we get to hear, which was great. And I think that's when I texted you and I was like, I got chills, bro. I got chills. <laughs> when uh, Sparks, I'm going to be really nerdy for a minute. Of something that's going to go right out of your right, right over your head. When <laughs> fu- okay, when future Pike, when future Pike shows up, oh, and he's I already know he's wearing, and he's wearing what's called the monster maroons, which are mm-hmm. uh, uh, traditionally from Wrath of Khan and onward. Those are my favorite uniforms. I've seen them, and I let out this like kind of like guttural growl. That I can't, that's the only way I can explain it, and like. The, like the, the the theme song hadn't even played yet. And I'm like, I have no idea what the hell's happening now. Because like the the trailer for the episode was just like, oh, it's this big battle between uh, the Enterprise and the Federation and something and something else. Who knows? And then this happened. I'm like, what the? Oh, my God. Cookie, this is the third time I've heard about Brandon's guttural growl at watching <laughs> this episode. And every time I'm hearing like the Tim Allen home improvement sound. It's not too arr, far arr, off. Arr, arr, arr. No, no, no. The it's not too far off. Oh, that's hilarious. That's so funny. And it's funny because once that happened, I immediately thought of Brandon's. I you know uniforms and you're a uniform yeah. guy. So once I saw this, I was like, he's gotta be smiling. I the 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 fact that the thing is like the, the fact that a uniform can get me so excited. Like it's my favorite uniform. Uh, I, I I love I love this uniform design. The, they Strange New Worlds did, which was they modif- they modified it for this show for the aesthetic of the show, which I think worked really well. They were able to keep a lot of the, it, you know they they were able to keep the white the the white um it's on this side, the white uh uh, uh rank uh mm-hmm. little thing, and so they have his admiral rank, which looks just like it did in Wrath of Khan. They were able to keep kind of like the little the little skirt that, that it kind of like flares out into, um, the 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 kind of like the pleated collar, um, but then they added like but then they were able to kind of make it strange new worlds with like it's got the deltas the delta design on the shoulder and the arms, which is what the strange new world uniform looks like, and I think that they really did a good job of, I guess not updating it but just kind of matching it. It's it's what Strange New World does really well, it. right? It's what Strange New Worlds does really well, which is kind of paying tribute to, but f- like not fixing, but like you know, it's just everything that the show does, huh? Updating, updating, yeah. I, I, I guess I kind of feel like a stronger word than updating, but like it, it, it just kind of everything that Revamping. the show does. It feels classic, but modern. 
like everything I see on this ship, I'm like, yes, that's 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 the original series. Everything retro, it kind of retro esque. Anyway, I was really excited to see this uniform, and from from then on, I think this episode goes in a completely ballsy direction. It very much felt like we wrote this just in case it, this was a one and done. <laughs> just what, what's funny is um, we've talked about it previously in Picard, where when you deal with timeline issues. Like we had this wonderful debate on like timeline and I like <laughs> I destroyed Brandon's mind because I had to make him think so much. And then while travel. this one's playing on, I couldn't help but just like, oh, this is going to be so great when I go and talk to Brandon and I just like destroy his brain again with timeline. But they they executed very well. There's nothing there's nothing there's nothing as bad as what happened on Picard season two. And <laughs> no, in no, this. not at all. Um. What this does, what this episode does, is it basically says, what if Captain Pike was the captain in the original series? Specifically in the one episode, The Balance of Terror. Which is what this episode is doing. So is this event does happen. Yes, it's from an episode called The Balance of Terror. Okay. It's a very good episode. I, wa- I rewatched it after I watched this episode. Because I wanted to see how they matched it. And they actually matched it very well. It's a lot of the same blocking that they do. A lot of the same camera work. Lighting. A lot of dialogue is reused, but all of it felt feels fresh and new. And I think this was the episode where they were like, kind of reassuring people that like, this does this show does not end with Captain Pike not being in this chair. It has to. We have because there's been a lot of talk like, oh, will this show, will this show, and kind of like we talked like, like I, I kind of had this feeling. Yeah, will, will this show a- work on it? Will there be a new timeline? Right. Like there's this thing of like, like the first episode, I kind of had this thought like, okay, well, if you want, I mean, I guess you could, because like Captain Pike was really working. This whole crew was really working. You could just say, we figured out how to not get him into the chair. But then this episode comes around and says, no, he has to get into this chair because if he doesn't, he basically gets in the way of destiny. Literally, the two most important people in the world are Kirk and Spock. And if Pike doesn't end up in that damn chair, <laughs> that's exactly that's essentially what no it is. franchise in a world where in a world where Kirk and Spock are not together, things got a lot worse. Yeah, I really like this episode, though, just in general. Uh, we brought back the uh, time crystals from Borath. Sure, whatever. You want to remind me of Discovery for a minute? Fine. Sparks, I, I want to fill in Sparks a little bit because those are the. Um, I got it. You touch the thing, you travel in time. I don't well, need it. <laughs> like that's that's how that's how that's how Pike knows about his future. Is he touched a time crystal? Sure, I think that they say that at one point. Uh, Cookie, what you were gonna say? Um, I like the fact that we did get a chance to revisit a melting face Pike, mm-hmm. and it just brought back scary memories for me, which was wonderful and terrifying at the same time and it this is such a great storyline this particular episode with if you can rewrite your own history go back in time and save your life and potentially save these kids lives would you do it and it's like yeah i i if i could go and save my life and save these kids lives absolutely i would go and do it so this event never happens but his 
his particular point in time is so poignant to the history of Star Trek that without it, everything crumbles. Yeah. I have a question. Go. Brandon, you watched the original episode. Does it always relate uh, to, does it involve in any way, importantly, the dad that Pike is talking to at the beginning and then in the alternate mission? Kind of. It's not so the so the guy in, that we meet in the Balance of Terror it, mm-hmm. on that on that station because that station moment when it's when it's destroyed is the recreated. Outpost. Yeah, okay, it's recreated verbatim. Is that why uh, he like blows backwards in a weird yes, way? Yes, that's exactly what happens. I was like, wow, that looks kind of old school for what this show usually does. Uh, he. So his his name is his name is Hanson Al 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 Sahad. Sure, I don't know. Um, that. But sure. In in the original series, his name is Hanson. That's all. That's the only name we get. Ah, okay. So yes. so they were very smart. Yeah. Okay. Cute. Um. So this explains why we knew when the show was starting that Kirk was in the second season. And who it was. Yes. And you were like, why do we know this? <laughs> yeah. I, I, this is I, why. I had thought that Kirk might show up in the last episode of this season mm-hmm. because there's the promo image they sent us. Well, not that they, they sent us, but like the promo image they like put out was him in the captain's chair of a ship. And we all right. assumed it was the Farragut. We were right because that promo shot was from this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not from the second season. And uh, I don't know, how, do we, how do we feel about this, Kirk? He seems like a very good blend between ooh ooh, ooh. Cookie doesn't like it. Cookie, I have no I have no pretentious uh, opinions. My my Kirk is not Shatner. It's uh, Christopher Pine. Um, <laughs> so um, that comes from that just comes from what I've watched and what I haven't. I'm not saying yeah. Shatner's is bad by any means. So what I'm I hearing felt is like you think Shatner's terrible? No, with with a fair <laughs> amount of like. I've seen some things. Yeah. Uh, clips, what have you. This seems like a nice in-between of the two. Christopher Pine and young, young William Shatner. Yeah. Cookie. Personally, you shaking your, personally you shaking your I find it in between. I The biggest thing is with both actors, Shatner and Pine, is them as human beings, not as characters, have charisma. And when you put them in a character who is nothing but charisma, and then you have this guy who doesn't have that same charisma, it, it's it's missing something. And that's what it is. It's just missing the charisma that he has that he can persuade you and sway you to do things you didn't think you were going to do. And that's something that William Shatner and, and Chris Pine do very well in that character is they have ability to convey a message so prominently – that it compels you to do what they say. Sparks, do you have a? I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that's. I don't know how fair it is to judge. And he's tiny. Kirk's, this Kirk's he's performance tiny. for that. He's just so <laughs> tiny. Okay, I got news for you. Shatner's not that tall either. I was going to say Shatner is pretty person. tiny. I met him in person, but like Shatner in the show, he's he's fit. This dude just looks like he's skin and bone. Like he needed to put on some meat on him. Mm. Well, well, I mean, Cookie, this is this is seven years in an alternate timeline. 
Chris Pine the had Farragut, on him too. The Farragut, the Farragut is not. Chris a Pine's talking. pretty skinny in the original Star Trek. Yes. Stop it. But he he looks a little bit more fit. More. That's just because Chris Pine's a good-looking guy. Come on, he's pretty. He's he looks no yeah. different under the shirt than this guy. <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. <laughs> I I I will grant you the charisma, but that's because they gave all the charisma to Pike. Okay. Because Pike's the main character. I will. I will. I will. I will say as a first outing. I wasn't too impressed. I'm I'm eager to see what the next time we see him in because we know he's in season two. I want to see this guy. I want to give this guy a chance because, like, I'm not opposed to recasting the original characters. You want to recast Kirk? Sure. Well, I I much prefer it than de-aging William Shatner, <laughs> a 90 year old man. Um. So like, there's a lot of caveats that I kind of have to understand. Like, this is this is not our Kirk. This is an alternate timeline where he never left the Farragut for the Enterprise. So like, okay, I do kind of understand the charisma thing. I do think I have that same issue that that Pine, when Chris Pine first showed up, like I fell in love with Chris Pine's uh, Captain Kirk almost immediately. Like, I, I think that that's a really good movie to uh, as far as those characters. Like, I have really connected with those versions of those characters in general. It's really hard to compare anything to the best Chris. It, like that's true. It's Chris Pine. I'd feel that way in any role. <laughs> um, and so, like, we've got two very good Captain Kirks. I think we got William Shatner and we got Chris Pine. I want there to be a third very good Captain Kirk with Paul Wesley, and I'm willing to give him a second chance. As far as the first chance goes, I like how he's written. I actually really like how he's written. I think they write a very good Kirk. Even Sam Kirk, like to, when he's like describing who Kirk is, that is who Kirk is. They nail that. Yeah, I, they did even, even in a way that I don't think Chris Pine ever got to ever got to until Beyond, because I think they wrote Kirk as too much of a hothead in the original and mm-hmm. the first two Kelvin movies. I agree. And so, like, I think they really they wrote him well, so they have an understanding of Kirk. So I'm willing to give Paul Wesley another chance because I want to fall in love with him as Captain Kirk. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm standing though. I felt like the line sounded like good Kirk. I did. I, I agree. A lot of them are lifted from the original series, though. <laughs> well, that would be why. Sounds like yeah. real good Kirk to me. Um, Ortega's um, slips into a role of the, of the Balance of Terror, um, played by a character called Lieutenant Stiles, who um, after the Romulan, after they find out who the Romulans, what the Romulans look like, uh, immediately goes like hardcore racist Great. against Spock. He's just like Spock, you, you, you're a, you're a Romulan spy. You need to and like Kirk is like had to really like shut him down. They don't go that far with Ortegas, but I do like that they kind of slip Ortegas into a more antagonistic role. And yeah, and uh, Pike I has to, to be... go and even address her and tell her like, "Yo, chill out." Yeah. Good. Uh, I have to be honest with you. I was kind of bummed that that was Ortegas. Yeah. Just didn't feel quite right to me. Yeah. I felt like you already had the clear, clear candidate for who should have said that because of the previous episode, and it was Sam. Oh, that's a good point. That is very good. Uh, point. I think Sam was already predisposed to have a problem with Vulcan stuff. Mm-hmm. And for him to jump to that leap would have felt cohesive. Whereas Ortegas. Are you telling me that Ortegas can be completely accepting of other people's like sexual preferences and borderline polyamorous? But uh, oh boy, like is gonna jump right up to the bat and like 
have a problem with somebody looking a little too much like somebody else. Like that was a little like, come on, Ortegas is the one. Ortegas, are we sure, guys? We this is how we wanted to find the character, so we haven't done enough with her. It it is. It can only be explained by it being seven years in the future, and we don't know what happened to her in the interim. That's true, and perhaps in a season, as you and I have t- talked about before, and certainly as we, I think we all are in agreement of, where we had had more Ortega's development to weigh it against, I might not feel as strongly about it, but because yeah. this is one of the most prominent amounts of development with actual Ortega's, not Ortega's in a fantasy setting of a book or something like that, uh, this kind of bummed me out that this is the person they decided was the one who had a problem with Spock. I'll agree with that. It's, it's I also, like your choice too with choosing Sam, because that would have emphasized a little bit more with with Spock and and like Shatner's role together as really being best friends and being brothers. And it's like my brother hated you, but I love you. That's just for me would be. I so do cool. like I do like when the Farragut gets there and like Kirk and Spock start conversing through the through the view screen. There's immediately like a connection, like, oh, very good, Mr. Spock. <laughs> like they immediately <laughs> like fall in love with each other. <laughs> that was cool. So good. Yeah, no, I don't want to take away lines from the actor playing Ortegas necessarily because I really enjoy them, but like mm-hmm. I felt like that was that was kind of like it felt out of character of who I have perhaps on my part built up Ortegas to be in my mind because they have not quite given me quite enough to fill it all out, but it felt uh, oppositional to who I think that is. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I think that there's been the, I know that the, because I follow the actress on, on Twitter, like I know that there was discussions of like what could have happened in the interim to get her to this point, but I do think they worked backwards. They said, we need that. We need, we want Ortegas to fill this role of Lieutenant Styles from Bounds of Terror well, how do we think we got there? Mm-hmm. And perhaps that might not have been the best way to go. Uh, you know, I'll forgive it completely if in the second season we get more clearly not in that direction Ortega's development. Yeah. I would like to I would like to believe that it's it's it sucks that like the that the the best outcome for the enterprise is one where Pike gets horribly mangled and put into a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Destiny's a bitch, man. Um Sorry, yeah. you're not the chosen one. You ain't Kirk. You ain't Spock. You ain't don't Neil. matter. <laughs> <laughs> and and like I get like like what what Pike does is is important. Like he is a well he is a important he is an important captain of Starfleet. But like he's not Captain Kirk. <laughs> and I kind of like that this episode like reinforced that like hey we all know you like Captain Pike right? He's not Captain Kirk though. But now he's the most important captain in Starfleet. Oh, you're right because he has to do the thing. So that the so that Kirk and Spock can be can be best friends forever. Yeah, yeah. this is more than just like I'm saving those cadets. It's I, I understand now that Kirk and Spock are the future, mm-hmm. and without me making this decision, the entire franchise of Star Trek doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Question for you guys. Go ahead. To to chime on to your Ortega's bit, since we haven't got a lot of character development with certain characters, and we're filling those void gaps in. This could be a great opportunity for these show writers to go and now build on Ortega's and say like, hey, I want to apologize, Spock, for how I treated you. This is the reason why. And let me and also a future that doesn't exist. You kind of forgot what we were doing here. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, but like, but much to your point, like the the answer to this has to be 
countering it with non that. Yeah. Uh, now we need Ortegas developed in season two in a specifically not racist direction um, yes. would be great. I would love I, that. I do think they walk, they, they kind of, they don't go the way of she is racist, but she does hate Romulans. I think that was an important distinction that they made there. Um, Although that scene when they when they figure out the Romulans, that that's lifted right from the show, by the way, from the original show. That that whole sure. like, there's the there's the Romulans, and then she turns back and like the the uh, the light on the eyes. That's so good. But that's uh, that's all the more reason why it sh- it should have been Sam, at least yeah. in the context of Strange New Worlds, as we had it already. Sam was was actively prejudicial against Spock for being Vulcan and lacking emotion in the previous episode. Seven years down the road from that point, in a not so good future. I could totally buy that Sam was like, oh, yo, nope. Vulcans (laughs) are bad. I see it now. I see it clear. Uh, It just didn't have to be Ortegas. I like how with Ortegas. I was going to say, with Ortegas, when when Pike talks to her about saying like, hey, where's number one? She's like, you don't remember? So there was some... That was still still on. Oh, it was. Okay, never mind. Disregard. Forget what I was going to say. They um, should have put in Ortegas then. That would have answered the question. Yeah, I do, I do, I do think uh, Una's... What, where, where we leave Una at the end, where she's arrested, I think probably had an, uh, an adverse effect on the entire crew. Um, mm. And what, Go ahead. I, I just really like the return of Winona Earp. Really glad she's here. That's right. Uh, Captain Patel was Winona Earp in, in, in that show that you watched. Winona Earp? Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to repeat the name. No, I, I already it. said it. Yeah, but not enough people watch that show. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. Um, What's it called again? I just I couldn't remember. Oh uh, Winona Earp. It's okay, um, thank you. It's called Van Helsing. Comics. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's that's slanderous. How dare you? Sorry. Winona Earp is a significantly better show. Um Kirk has this moment when they're in the writing room when they're when they're together. Um and they're all kind of like figuring out, like, why didn't we know that Vulcans and Romulans look the same? Um, and he has, and and Kirk has this moment. It's like, perhaps the Romulans timed it this way. Maybe they sent that message so that we would know and that would destabilize Rom, uh, human and Vulcan relationships. You know, if they want a war, that would do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's. A, I think that was a good good way to spin that. Because um, there's a so the Romulan war. They say it in the in the opening, but it was a hundred years ago. It lasted for about ten years and led to the federa- to the to the forming of the Federation. Star Trek Enterprise was going to do that that story, but they were canceled just before they did it. Mm-hmm. Like they they were canceled. Like the the year the last season was set was the is the year before the Romulan War starts. Um, and then they were canceled, and that was a bummer because they really wanted to do that. So it's all in books now, but like, um, they they had to like. There's like a point that the Romulans, they would have to walk a line because in 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 the original series, this goes back to like bending canon. Star Trek's been bending canon for, for decades. Um, the original series establishes that 100 years ago, starships didn't have view screens. But when we go to Star Trek Enterprise, which is 120 years ago, they had view screens because that's just boring. You can't have a starship without a view screen. So they would have to, so they had to, do a lot of the same thing with that they did that Strange New Worlds did with the Gorn, which is like, oh, well, they don't see a Romulan. Well, maybe maybe non-constitution class ships didn't have view screens. 
there were no Constitution class ships in Starfleet a hundred years ago. What's the Enterprise? The Enterprise, the Archer's Enterprise is not a Constitution class. Okay. Kirk's Enterprise is a Constitution class. I thought Sparks was just trying to throw some shade. That's all. <laughs> I, he, he he is, but I can but I can name it. I can name them all. The first Enterprise is an NX class. The second Enterprise is a Constitution class. Okay, wait, 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 stop though. So the first one's an NX class. Yeah. Okay, so maybe those ones just didn't have few screens. But they did. That's the that's the show. That's what the oh, show. I'm sorry. About. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I messed up my sentence. I mean everything that wasn't that. There were only two ships in service. <laughs> well, the other ships didn't have view screens. The other ship was an NX class. We've seen it. It's the Columbia. But it didn't have view screens though. Watch more Star Trek. I'm I'm going by Star Trek here. They said a hundred years ago they didn't have view screens. This but that's the that's the bending of the canon that they would just have to the animated series also has this war that's like set 250 years ago, which is like now. So like there's no way that the like Star Trek again, again, you gotta when it comes to the original well, series, the, you have to bend things. Well, the animated series isn't canon though. We've talked about that. I know. But like that's the thing. Like when it comes to the original series, you have to bend canon. And uh-huh. and you've always had to. The people talking about like Strange New Worlds isn't the first one to do it. Enterprise did it. Deep Space Nine did it. Next Generation did it. They all did it. It's just, we care now. No, just people are pickier. Just people are pickier. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I really like the line, who's hailing us? The captain of the, it's Captain Sir uh, Jim Kirk, Sam's brother? That was from good. now on, from now on, Jim Kirk is Sam's brother. <laughs> I quite like that. It reminded me of a, the reason why I laughed really hard about that is it reminded me of a story that I've told, definitely told Sparks, but I haven't told you, Cookie, where, where I was, I was in line for a movie. It was like a midnight premiere for a movie. I don't remember the movie. And there were these two girls in front of us and they were talking about like, and they were like, you know, it's with that show. It's, um, you know, it's with the, it's, it's with, it's, it's, it's with, it's that show. It's, it's, um, oh, I can't remember the sister's name. Shit. That's the whole point of the joke. <laughs> Haley, it's like it's like uh, it's like this. It's like what's that show? Is you Haley Haley Duff's sister? Oh, okay, Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, and so like so like and so they were talking about Hillary Duff, but like the fact that they remembered Haley Duff but not Hillary Duff, not Hillary, was really funny to me because Hillary Duff was the more famous person, right? Sure. And so like that, so the Sam Kirk joke made me laugh because of that. I I got you. It's like oh yeah, one of the sisters of T.J. Mowry. Yeah, exactly. Who are they? Uh, Tia and Tamara. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Sister, Sister. Mm-hmm. Which are uh-huh. definitely more famous than TJ. Yeah. <laughs> didn't right, even know they see. had another sister. That didn't work if you didn't watch Disney Channel. What do you mean? they? It's not a sister. It's a brother. Oh, see, that exactly. TJ, well, TJ I Mowry didn't have was Disney the, Channel TJ, as a kid. TJ Mowry was the one who had his own... Um, sitcom where he was like a a prodigy genius okay uh i forget the name and he was like a 10 year old going to high school yes yes okay yes i remember now And he got that show because of the popularity of his older sisters and then he was the voice of wade on kim possible and then i don't know what he ever did after that i remember that character um i had a had a friend on twitter recently discover that um elizabeth olsen is related to Mary Kate Nashley. That's a better one. <laughs> yeah. Mary Kate Nashley's sister, Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> the more That's popular a one. one. That's a better one. Anyway. 
yeah, I, I, Sam Kirk. Uh, I hope we get more of Sam Kirk in general. But I liked him in this episode a lot. I love his mustache. Where is Sam in the Kelvin timeline? Oh, we actually meet him. Uh, it's in the beginning. It's in the beginning. After after the Kelvin is destroyed, and we we jump to Kirk stealing a car. He passes by a kid walking walking the street, and he goes, "Hey, George, that's George Samuel Kirk." Oh boy. Okay, got it. Yeah, they really screwed that up. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I can't remember if Sam is supposed to be the older younger brother. I think he's supposed to be the older brother. Yeah, I would assume. Um, but it's it was nice because we've never seen them together on screen outside of a dead body. Um, so like it, it was really nice that we actually got like, hey Sam, hey Jim, and then they they embrace and it was. In an nice. alternate timeline, they're buddies. In the alternate timeline, they still have. And also a timeline, Sam Kirk didn't leave the Enterprise. So like yeah. his brother took over, and he was like, "Peace out, baby." <laughs> Can't have two Kirks on a ship. That's just confusing. Yeah. You're right. And like he didn't meet his wife, I guess. This episode, uh, this episode, speaking of wife, this episode starts with the wedding. It's the same wedding from the original series episode. It also starts Cute. with the wedding. Cute. Ah, yes, it does. And the uh, the death is reversed. So it's yeah, the, 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 the guy dies. The guy dies in the original series episode and the girl lives. Yep. Mm. But they're also she's also the only so <clears throat> he's also the only uh, casualty in, in like the good timeline. He's the only person who died in right. this conflict. But in this one, a lot more people got got really screwed up. Mm-hmm. Because it's the bad timeline. Pike can't change the future. Spock. Woof. I, that like was, that I was genuinely shocked they didn't put Ohura in a wig. Yeah, that's a good point. Because she's wearing the it was uniform. probably for the better, but I was surprised. Because she's wearing the uniform. The uniform is designed to look like it. And she's but got yeah, the that's big a, the big earrings. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So so uh the, so Kirk just comes on the ship and everyone's and Sam Kirk leaves or gets grows out her hair. I don't think that's a problem. I think that like uh, notoriously uh, wigs, especially on like black actors have not gone well. Um, So just staying away from it, probably not a bad decision. Yeah. And it doesn't quite, and it honestly doesn't matter. Um, Yeah. The, um, so so Spock's not death, but he, 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 he gets, he gets mangled. He gets really badly screwed up. Yeah. I, I was really, they like were a shark attack in space. Almost. Cause she yeah. says that he will never be the same again. And, uh, uh, Pike says to his future self or his future self says, it's like, you're thinking that like you just traded your fate for his. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of messed up because like, this whole thing started because Pike wanted to do a good thing, right? It's not it's yeah. not necessarily that he wants to he wants to live even though he does. He he wants to like save these kids. The two kids <laughs> die in in this action. He wants to save them. He doesn't want to know that these kids are going to die. Right, that's a burden of knowledge that's really hard to have that especially for someone as morally staunchant as our Captain Pike where yeah. you know that people will die and you could do something about it. How do you not? And meeting and they, them like face to face, I think that's mm-hmm. what like set him on this path of righteousness. And that was a great that, that was a great moment. Um, Anson Mount's really on fire in this episode. Yeah, he really is. But that was a really great moment when he's just like rattled and like slowly taking it in and leaves. I thought that yeah. was really good. There's a moment where you can tell that 
you can like you can see like the, how the timeline like what 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 is the moment that I watched it the second time like there's a you can tell exactly what the moment is that set off this really bad future and it's the moment where Pike decides to talk to the Romulans he's like hey let's have a dialogue you get two hours we get two hours we repair our ships and then what happens happens and then when that ends I go that's it that's what happened that's the difference I agree with you that that was quite clear, which is why there's only one part of this episode I really don't like. And it's the line that um, the lady Romulan says where she's like, I have to thank you, Christopher Pike. If it weren't for you, we wouldn't have known that Starfleet would have so weak. And then mm-hmm. attacks him. And I'm like, all right. I mean, like, I think we all got it before you. Said yeah, that. <laughs> that's a, there's twice. There's twice where they reinforce that, like. There's twice where they reinforced like this. The reason is, is because Pike didn't act. And it, it's it's the Praetor talking about it on the flagship. And then it's then Kirk comes in and goes, you know, if you had just attacked them, it would have been fine. And I thought those yeah. ones were OK. They didn't feel as like pointed, but that one felt like you're all about to die. And let me tell you, Christopher Pike, it's all your fault. If <laughs> only you could change the past. And I'm like, OK, come on. <laughs> that yeah. was a little much. Um, I really like the design of the Romulan ship. I know it's it's just a classic design, but I was happy to see it again. The whole thing, like the the whole like the plasma weapon, that's all from the it's all like updated, basically updated visuals from the original series episode, and looked looked awesome. Um, the 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 biggest, I guess, the biggest difference between the two episodes isn't just that; it's just that the Farragut is there because it's just the Enterprise in the original episode. There's no other ship. Sure, but Laon's also on it, so you know things are different now. But Lon, I guess, maybe the first officer. Good for her. Yeah, kind of weird. Like, I just don't know about this whole Lon leaving the whatever. We'll we'll sort it out in season two. But then, like, carrying it over into this, and I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I that's why I think of like you know she's she's back on the Enterprise in the next season. I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's true. I'm sure they're not just not having that actor. Yeah, maybe like in the maybe not in the the first episode, but I'm sure by the middle of the show she's back. Yeah, this could be a spinoff. Another one. Are they gonna spin? Are they gonna spin off Strange New Worlds? What what would the spinoff be? Kirk and the Farragut? Laon, Laon, quest for the Gorn. (laughs) No more spinoffs. We're good. You you had your chance with one more spinoff with Picard. Cookie, you're probably right, though, that like it'll be an episode that takes place almost entirely on the Farragut with Laon and Kirk. That's probably true. We th- the first the first image we saw of, of, of Paul Wesley on Star Trek was with Laon. So there you go. That's how that's that's why they decided to leak. it. That's why they decided to announce it, because everyone's like, who the hell is Paul Wesley playing? And nobody would have guessed Kirk. They didn't no. have to tell us. <laughs> I always found that was funny because they're just like, oh, who's Paul Wesley playing? Oh, they're going to uh, figure out Kirk. The music was of particularly cute note in this episode. Um, whenever they had a Kirk moment or a Kirk and Spock moment or. a Yeah, they whatever. played the original theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They also play the Romulan theme from the original series uh, mm-hmm. when uh, specifically when the Romulan reveal happens. That's a, that's a musical sting from the original series, which I liked. There's a the the. Romulan design. I've talked about a lot how Discovery, I think, uh, over-designed the, the, their classic uh, aliens. 
and I was happy to see that all strange that Strange New Worlds just kept the classic Romulan design as is without any updates. Strange New Worlds knows that the closer it looks to original Star Trek, the better the show is doing. Yeah, that's also true. Which is why I'm really, <coughs> I'm really curious if we ever see a Klingon. What the hell are they going to look like? When do Frankies come in to play? Next gen. That's the first contact. Okay. So we, I, it's likely we won't see a Ferengi in this season and in, in this show. Likely, but not well, impossible. Cooking. Right, exactly, because they showed up in Enterprise. So I can't say I can't say that it is not that it is it, that it is impossible. It's just unlikely that they will be here. They're just going to bend the timeline. It's fine. You know, it's curved. I mean, that's what, not breaking again, it. Again, that's what Enterprise did. Enterprise was like, oh, they met a Ferengi, but they didn't they didn't learn their the name. I didn't know it was a Ferengi, so that's yeah, fine. Just, you just keep bending until it's a circle. <laughs> so it's a, a snake eating its own tail. Yep. Um, okay. Oh, the the twenty the twenty six the twenty two sixty six timeline. Uh, they say that the 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 year in this episode is twenty two sixty six, which is seven years in the future from where we met from where we last had Pike. Um, that fixes the timeline issue that I've had, which is that Kirk that. Pike. Uh, Pike keeps talking about how he's his accident is in ten years time, which puts it in twenty two fifty nine, uh, twenty two sixty nine, uh, and so that that they were like, no, it's it's seven years. Pike has just kind of been rounding up. Gotcha. I was happy about that. Did he say ten years on this show? Yeah, he said ten years in the first episode. Maybe he's just carrying over. Was it ten years in Discovery? Well, Discovery is only a year. Before Strange New Worlds. Mm. So eight years in Discovery. So it's eight years in Discovery, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the 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 I the, I think I always kind of assumed that they were just rounding up. Or that Pike didn't have an exact figure. He just kind of knew a, a, a like a general time frame of when it would happen. Um but he he left the Enterprise before that accident. So it's not even like the accident is the reason why he's not captain of the Enterprise. Right. He left the Enterprise and then the accident happened after. So, right. So we still don't know then. And I think it's actually really interesting that like he has this moment. One of the things that one of the other things that I think this show does really well is two things. One, when he meets Kirk, he's like, I think I was supposed to meet you. I think you were too. I think I, I think I was supposed to meet you too. The, the moment at the end kind of says to me that like this is why Kirk is in command of the Enterprise. Pike will step down and suggest Kirk to be captain of the Enterprise mm-hmm. uh, because of this, because of what happened here. And I think that comes off pretty well. And then the other thing is that like Spock, it's always not a plot hole, but it's it's really wild that in the original series, Spock basically risks a court-martial and Kirk's entire entire career to uh, hijack the Enterprise and save Pike. This show really adds validity to why he did that, because Pike was really important to him and he mm-hmm. wanted Pike to have a happy ending, which he does, which he does end up having. Yeah. And I think that this that ah, this show's really good. <laughs> I really like the show, guys. <laughs> it is. It's a very good show. This was a good episode, even without knowing much. Star Trek stuff. I mean, that's been the whole show for you, right? Well, yeah. But I mean, like, this was the most heavy handed in the Star Trek. Like, the lore of Star Trek. Yeah. 
This like, like I'm watching. I'm watching the episode, and I'm like, I suppose this happens in the original series at some yeah. point, but I don't know. <laughs> the Romulan line in another reality. Uh, I could have called you friend. That's from the original series, also. Cute. Um, happens in a very different context, but yeah. Um, but the whole like. I think it was really ballsy to basically say we're not just doing a prequel, but we're actually going to remake an episode Mm -hmm. and have it be probably the best episode of the whole series so far is wild. I got to think about that, but maybe, I mean, this show is so, this season was so strong. Like I, I honestly don't, I almost, every episode has been like, though, this is my favorite. Oh, this is my favorite. Oh, this is my favorite. I think I, I think I have a, soft spot for the first like lawn focused episode which one was that? the gorn the, the oh. first one that addressed the gorn yeah that's it that's that's a really good one it is yeah fantastic. that might be that might be my top of the season to be honest yeah um the girl that i'm spot uh oh uh there's a bit in this where they talk about how because it's not just like like kirk needs to be on the enterprise it's also that like spock is important there's an episode of the of the next generation where he's trying to merge he's trying to basically be like hey romulans and vulcans we share ancestry why don't we come back together he was really important for that um i'm glad that they brought that back around in this episode that like pike was like it's not just that you're on the bridge is that spock died mm-hmm. right because it doesn't nero hate him for that yeah no nero hates him because he blames spock for the destruction of romulus right because Romulus was weak? No, because Romulus was destroyed by a star. Well, how's that Spock's fault? I don't remember. I haven't seen this movie in a while. Well, that's it's not Spock's fault. It's a Spock's in Spock was so in the in the movie, just real quickly, in the movie, uh Spock is about ready to it's gonna use red matter to absorb the, the star before it wipes out most of the beta quadrant. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And and then he doesn't you know, get there in time. No, I get it. We don't need to do that now. I got yeah. it. Yeah, but it destroys Romulus. Nero's my only experience with Romulans before this, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, that's true, right? Again, I, I'm, a, I'm a newbie. Man, I would have loved it if this Romulan goes, Hi, Christopher, I'm Nero. <laughs> that would have been pretty good. <laughs> um, the Romulan commander was played by Spock's dad in the first season of the original series. Mm. The guy who played Sarek. Everyone's joking that the, that the guy who played Sarek in Discovery should have played him in this. Would have been fun. Um, let's say, let's see. Do you guys have any more notes? Because I think I'm about out. No, I'm good. Okay, I'm wonderful. I I love the show so much. Yeah, I'm so sad it's done. (laughs) I I want to get more episodes. I I know we're we're getting more, but I miss it already. I I think 10 turned out to be a good number. Because I don't think there's a weak episode. I agree. There's no I'm episode where I'm like, mm, that one, though. Um, and I'm always happy when I can come out of a season, especially of a streaming show, and feel that way. Uh, so, like, if this was if this was the right number of episodes, this was the right number of episodes. I'm, I'm happy. I think the... Um, the uh, <clears throat> episodic storytelling of it also helped because you don't need to pad 
You don't need an overarching story that you need to pad for time to fill that's, episodes. That's another one of the reasons why I did really like the Mbenga comment about the girl in the mm. previous episode is because I was like, yeah, we can be episodic, but like what happened to the characters can still have happened and matter. Yeah. And be on their mind, you know, like Rukia can have just been lost to him in the last episode. And like, we're doing a whole other story that's not connected to that, but Mbenga can still be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I like the idea that, like, you know, Discovery and Picard, I think they always fumble because, you know, the Marvel shows do this too. Stranger Things, maybe less so. Stranger Things had to have, like, a B-plot problem. But, like, um, all, all sorts of streaming shows. I don't mean to just call out just a few. Those are just the ones on my mind. Um, this was why Mandalorian was good too, right? Yeah, Mandalorian was good for much of the same <clears throat> reason because it, it was episodic, episodic. yeah um even though it had its overarching plot i think like strange new worlds is is kind of unique in a way right now in the in the television landscape because it doesn't have that overarching thing like there's no thing from episode one that i'm like this is the thing we're doing at the end of this season um uh and i appreciate that i think it's the most important thing like because because episodic television gives me like anxiety because it makes me think we're going back to like network television ways where it's like this episode kind of doesn't matter and i'm like oh it's always scary (laughs) because that means that the writing might be terrible um uh and i don't want to go back to those days but like i think this is the right blend of well the narrative of what's happening the adventure the story can be self-contained to this episode but the characters are moving forward yeah they are going towards something new. It's the same reason why, like, I'm a big fan of uh, Cookie might not know this about me, but like, I'm a big fan of modern cartoon animation, like uh, most shows on Cartoon Network and things like that, because uh, the the children can be going through different adventures episode to episode, but they are growing and the mm-hmm. things that have happened to them are changing them. And I think that's the important thing that like kids television should represent that like these things are events that have occurred to these kids and it does help them grow, even if uh, their adventures are more or less standalone. That's what yeah. was so uh, influential about Adventure Time. Right. Adventure Time, regular show. Um, they they busted open that door pretty hard and and every animation show to some degree some some very minor some large have followed that pattern of like oh it just actually matters that those things happen to these characters even if we're just doing a this is a story where craig of the creek doesn't feel like wearing a hat in the winter cold it's it's still informed by who that character has been up to this point right yeah i uh and i think what was so interesting about this show is that as it went on it started it started kind of peppering in serialized elements, not just like for character beats, but like things that could have shown up at the end of, at the end of the season. We got Cybok, Pike's impending doom. Um, uh, the Gorn even were kind of teased of that, even though we did do something with them at the end of the season. But, uh, and then Una, Una being an Illyrian. And mm-hmm. so like all, all these were, were in the season, but none of them had to come to fruition in this season. And so when one of them finally and does, some of them didn't, and some of them didn't. And when one of them finally does, which is Una getting arrested for being an Illyrian, you're surprised. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I thought we were done, but we used to get that one last, like, Oh, and by the way, remember Una's an Illyrian and this is going to be important now. Yeah. Like, I hope she, I hope she's okay. <laughs> I hope we get more Captain Patel. Me too. Uh, where do we think? So Una, Una does not have, we don't know what happened to her after, uh, in, in canon. So she could just be gone. She could get arrested. 
does the episode that she appear in happen before this? Yeah. I see. Many years. Gotcha. Uh, so, like, we don't know what could happen to her. What do we think is going to happen in the next season? Uh, I have no idea. Well, I, I highly suspect we will get some kind of follow-up on Cyborg, even if it's minor. I think so, too. I, I bet we see Angel again. I'll put it that way. I bet they bring Angel back for season oh, two. Oh, I hope we I hope we see Angel again. Yeah. Cookie, how'd you feel about Angel? You weren't here to talk about Angel. I wasn't. Um Really? It was alright. Oh, interesting. Cookie doesn't like his Power Rangers villains in space. No, I, I guess don't. not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's because it's more of a time. <laughs> It, it, it's, be, it's because it's because they're non-binary is that it oh come on no. don't blame that on cookie <laughs> don't do that i'm sorry i don't actually mean i don't actually think that was it i know i know i know, I know you're, you're fine i just yeah it just was it was okay i don't know it's okay i think i think now if i like had to pick an episode that i said was the weakest it would probably be that one um yeah yeah, probably, but like I still like that episode. So the only episode that I can think of that made me not feel great it was the one with the kid, episode six. Oh yeah, but it, that's a different. I know, but that's that's the only one. That's I, I can't say it's weak, but that would be the one that I would put on the bottom of a ranking because it's the it's the one that kind of made me feel icky. But that's the point of the episode, so it's like it's yeah. it's a difficult relationship I have with it. I think I think at the bottom ones, uh, unfortunately, they're both like the semi Spock focused ones would be um, Spock Amuck and the Angel episode. I think it's those two kind of battling for the bottom of the season for me. Interesting. But there's nothing bad about them. It's just no, no, it's got to go there. No, it's just well, you know, I, I, I mentioned before, like, you know, it's just uh, it, when we talked about the episode with angel it's uh, all the other stuff with angel's crew is a little like a little too goofy oh, sure. um, I, and, and i think then, it was very very well like you can just you knew it was going to happen it yeah. was so well orchestrated that you it's it's the same stuff that you've seen over and over again it's like yep i know it's going to happen here oh sure. yeah i mean i i think we all clocked that angel was yeah, a bad guy from the moment they showed That's, up on the street. I don't know. I don't know if you listened to our conversation, Cookie, but that was the main thing for me was I'm like, it makes Spock look stupid to a level yeah. that I'm, I'm I have a hard time accepting. And so that's like that's probably why I put that episode at the bottom is because Spock looks borderline incompetent in that episode. Mm -hmm. um, and the Spock Amuck episode is mostly just like. I just kind of don't care about his his partner to bring. I, yeah, I, I know it's an important story. It's nice to have her. I understand that, like, this is what Spock's doing at this point in his life. But I'm like, you could argue that it's some amount of me knowing it doesn't last. But I think it's far more that it's like. <sighs> I yeah. don't think I have an interest in Vulcan relationships since they're devoid of emotion. So they're not exactly thrilling to engage with. Yeah. I can understand that. I like to bring though. I actually really like how they've. I like the Pring. character. I liked her better when uh, her and Spock were separated mm -hmm. and we were following her on her own thing through Spock's body or, you know, 
I like the actor and I like when she's doing an adventure on her own. Yeah. But the stuff, the scenes that are just like the two of them in a room talking about, are we a thing? Shall we analyze? <laughs> How do we engage in emotion? You tell me, Spock. How human are you? Like, I'm like, come on, I'm, I'm all right. Like one scene that. of this was cool. Five in a season is a little much. Uh, I forgot to bring up, but in this last episode, we were introduced, not really, vocally introduced to Scotty. That's the person I was talking oh, about yes. in the beginning. Yeah. I hope that's not an indication that Scotty isn't joining the show. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I feel like that's more of just a cute, like, I think if it, if they were planning on having him join the show, they would have cast someone. But they yeah. just turned it into a vocal thing because it's like, ah, oh, this can be like a cute nod because it's such a, a distinct voice. And so it makes you like, ah, Scotty is on this ship at that point. But like, you know, timeline things are different. We didn't we we wanted to bring in like one more nod. It's not just Kirk that's around or Uhura that's still there. Like we're not going to bring in Sulu. We're not going to bring in Bones, but mm -hmm. we'll we'll give you a little little Scotty vocal cameo. You know, like, ah, oh, cool, more crew stuff. But like, that's not happening. I don't think so. I hope not. And I think and I, I I am I do have a concern that Hammer's absence, the fact that we don't have an engineer is the way that they're going to be like, OK, well, our engineer is going to be Scotty. And I hope that's not the case, because I think that like who we have picked as far as legacy characters was perfect. Mm -hmm. We we have a lot of them, but the ones that, that were picked were ones that needed the expansion, that needed the character development, that really needed to be explored, that didn't get it. But Scotty did. And I think could, we're, sorry, could Sulu show up on the show? I'm not so. a, I'm not opposed to Sulu. I just mean in, in canon terms, could he? We don't know. I, I he think he could in canon, but he would be young. He would be really young. Yeah, he wouldn't be. He we he couldn't be the helmsman of the Enterprise. Yeah, he'd be, he'd an be ensign. definitely an ensign, just doing their their runs. Because I like I because I you know like I'm I'm always in favor of um. I think I think George Takei is too like in favor of more representation of that character. Yeah. Um. I think in general it's important to have that character around. Uh. So I'm not opposed to a Sulu appearance in some fashion at some point. <clears throat> I'm not either. And Sulu would be the one other one where I'm like, okay, but we're done. Because like I, I, I don't, I just don't think we need any more. We should just let these characters shine as they are on Strange New Worlds. I, I think if I were to, me not invested in the future of Star Trek, um, I think if I were to. Uh, put my two cents in. I just don't want any of them to be come main cast members. Yeah. Which is why I'm like anti Scotty becoming like the engineer in the next season. But like, if you're going to have them show up in a single episode, like, Oh, we happen to go to Starfleet and there's one of them, or we, we were negotiating with a ship on a mission and, uh, here's how this, this, and, and could lead to them being good crewmates later, that kind of thing, whatever, whoever it is like a one-off. I don't mind that. No, I don't either. I, the engineer spot should be filled, and I hope it's with a new, interesting character, God, not there's, with Scotty. There's a show that does that well, and I cannot think of it. But, like, there's a show that did, like, slowly give, like, an episode here or there of, like, important people that would come that you knew were important down the road. But, like, God, and I cannot place it. Oh, it does ring a bell, but I, did I watch this? Because it kind of sounds familiar. To be honest with you, I'm wondering if it's Smallville. 
Oh, I think you're right. There's some level where I'm wondering if it's Smallville where I just like I know those characters are important in comics and they just like get their one episode appearance. And it was like, man, that was real nice. And then they move on. Yeah, because like Perry showed up in like a couple episodes. Yeah. Wasn't a main cast. I'm not willing to say 100 percent that it's Smallville is the show I'm thinking of, but Smallville's not a terrible example of what I'm talking about. No. Yeah, I'm I'm perfectly fine if they want to go to like oh we're at starbase one and scotty's touring the enterprise like oh it's a good ship i can't wait to serve on this in five years sure Mm. you want to do that i'm good i i want the engineer spot to be filled with honestly honestly would be really funny if they if they filled it with bruce horak again (laughs) if whatever character he's playing he's also the engineer but like i would love to see a new character i want i want them to create a new character specifically i think that'd be a lot of fun you know what you know what dumb stupid show i might be thinking of actually Mm. heroes um and what i mean is uh the parents if you remember in heroes they are all first off they're iconic actors but then they're also um they're all part of like a group that knew each other and like slowly over one of the seasons you meet each one individually when they were younger and how they ended up uh like in flashbacks connecting with them right and that was Young George Takei, young Uhura, young uh, Malcolm McDowell. (laughs) Um, And those Uh were pretty good. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 uh... anyway, there's like, there's room where something like that could be done. I think, I think if you're willing to do it with a subtle hand, uh, it's, it's maybe not the worst idea. All right, well, we're going a little long now, so why don't we... There's nothing else. Cookie loved the show. Cookie loves it. Right, Cookie? Always loved it. So, uh, as at your first entry to Star Trek Sparks... I almost called you Spock. Um, what did you... What did you think? Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think this is... I, I've said it in other places, I think maybe on this show. Uh, I think this is... Uh, if people are correct, this is a good entry point for people who are not very versed in star trek if you have the curiosity i i'd say this is the place to go and i have a rough familiarity with the other shows um and i picked this one because it had the vibe that i was seeking um so i think that's the right way to go you want to jump into star trek you jump in here oh you could go anywhere from here that's true you could go backwards you could go you could go forwards whatever you you um tbd I yeah. like the the desire is there, but there's an amount of like, how do I want to go about it? When when do I want to go about it? Kind of thing. A lot. Um, yeah. Um, but I like like I part of me is like, do I want to go back and watch Discovery to get up to this point with Pike? Just like seasons one and two, because I know there's the time jump. Um, <laughs> like, Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I would say I would say honestly, I think those first two seasons are solid. And you, you they know, are. You they really you are. Have a bad Just, time. Don't go past that, please. For the love of God, the love of space and science, do not go past. You you can't you can't say that. You got fake nerds watch shows about it. It's there. So <laughs> collect two hundred. You stop there. You we go have, to jail. Don't don't go done. further. I, I don't think season four is that bad. I don't think season four is that bad. I don't think season three is that bad. I don't think Discovery is as bad as people say it is. It it is just an aggressively fine TV show. It it, it is. It is. Is it is it Star Trek? No. Yes. It is Star Trek. Does it have the name Star Trek? It's been a great time hanging out with you, sir. Cookie. (laughs) Cookie. 
Do not gatekeep. Does it have the name Star Trek on it? Then it is Star Trek. <laughs> is Potato it made by potato. CBS? It is Star Trek. Uh, I still, I will say like Lower Decks is the, like the other big show that appeals to me, right? Yeah. But like there's an amount of, I still kind of want to be more familiar with Star Trek before I dive on that show because I feel like that show has like part part of the humor, not all of the humor, but part of the humor is knowing the world. And like, oh, yeah. I am vaguely more familiar with the world, but I don't know I, the world. If you if you are if you are familiar, there's a lot more sight gags that would work very well. But I think overall, Lower Decks has a very strong storytelling and you could conceivably do it. Sure. You wanted to go there. Yeah. So Cookie, who is keeping all of Star Trek now? Um, <laughs> just parts. Just just, just discovery. Part. Just keeping discovery out of the gates. That's it. Um, where would you rank this in your Star Trek ranking? Uh, let's keep it. Let's keep it just the new shows because, like, to rank it in all the shows would be ridiculous. It's. It is one hundred percent without a shadow of a doubt number one for me. Yeah. Ooh, even it beater, is, it's, even beating lower decks then. Even beating Lower Decks, because right. I think that this captivates the seriousness of Star Trek, whereas Lower Decks is very much lighthearted, humorous. Hey, I want to go and have dinner, but I want to go and have something in the background. I can do that. Versus this is like you have to be focused and enjoy it and watch it from beginning to end and really soak it up because there's so much going on with it that it's it's a beautiful show that really, for me, captivates Star Trek as a whole. I'm curious. What's your favorite Star Trek show in general? Is it Deep Space Nine? It's a toss up. It just depends on the day. Um, TNG or, or Deep Space Nine are my go tos. Okay. And you would put this up with them? <sighs> See, the, the only problem is those uh, are like 20 episodes plus. Oh, no, I know. I, I'm, I'm aware, but like I would. So, like, the, I agree with you. This is top. This is this yep. is I think the the best of the new Star Trek shows. Um, Lower Decks would be number two. It's a close number two, but it is number two. Um, and I think it's a, a it's an incredible season of television. It's an incredible show that encapsulates everything I love about Star Trek. Everything I've been missing from Star Trek. You know, I talked about like the Orville. I, I I was wondering if like I'm not connecting with the Orville this season as much because I have Strange New Worlds. Like mm -hmm. it is, I finally have a Star Trek show that's scratching the itch I've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that's the case anymore because now I'm further into the Orville. Um, but like this is this is just, I believe, a perfect, not just a perfect show, but a perfect Star Trek show. It's my favorite show of the year. Uh, and it and if it wasn't if Deep Space Nine wasn't so damn good, I would say it's my it's my top Star Trek show. But it is below Deep Space Nine. So you mean to tell me that this ranks better than Halo? <laughs> All right, goodbye, everyone. So that's it. <laughs> I think I think this show does a great job of capturing, like, I think a spirit of television that just doesn't exist in the current landscape. Yeah, I can agree. Like, like whether it's streaming or network, I'm just not seeing a show doing what this show is doing. Yeah, that's 100 um, percent correct. It took it took what Orville kind of like opened the door for. We we mentioned that before, but it, it ran very far with it, um, and it's so colorful. Uh, it can be both dark and sincere, but also goofy. Um, I mean, they put vines all over the inside of the Enterprise <laughs> for the creation of the book. So, like, it can do both things. And yeah. that's good Star Trek to me. And you're absolutely correct. 
you're, you're right. It, it harkens back to a classic Star Trek show, not just the original series, but Next Gen, when you would just have a bottle episode. But these aren't written because we need to fill a week, fill a week quota. They're written because they are trying to tell a narrative story yeah. with an episodic format. Right. Yeah, I, w- I wish more shows would kind of take this. Specifically, I wish more Star Trek shows would take this and run. But like, I wish just more shows in general would just be would just take what 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 Strange New World is doing well and expand on it and do their own thing with it. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. One we call it there then. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on on Star Trek Strange New World Sparks. This was great. To, uh, I got to finally talk about Star Trek with you. Love it. Happy to do it. Cookie, thank you for uh, being here all this time. Um, I, I, I brought it. I brought up a bit um, in the past, but the 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 whole point of doing these Victor's watches was that it was there was going to be three of us in case one of in case one of us couldn't do it a week, mm-hmm. and then that one person. Uh, well, things have happened in his life. Good things uh, yeah. that are uh, have taken him away. So right. I appreciate Cookie picking up the baton and being here this whole time. Absolutely, my friend. I, I enjoy it. Um, so I believe we will do Lower Decks when that, com- when that comes up. A Star Trek Lower Decks will drop August 15th, and we'll have an episode shortly after. Uh, so stay tuned for when that's back. But we get a nice little break from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I missed it already. <laughs> um, until Star Trek. I missed Trek- this show. I, I missed the go. show. There greatly. you go. I miss the show greatly, but like I, I do miss just getting to sit down every Thursday to watch a Star Trek show. That was fun. Um, even if the shows varied wildly in quality. Um, anyway, so that'll do it, guys. So this was Strange to Worlds, Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Strange to Worlds, Fake Nerds Watch. Um, thank you for joining us on this journey. Thank you for on this trek. I don't know why I didn't say trek. Um, uh, we really appreciate you guys watching this, and I really appreciate you guys for joining me. Um, uh, and you can check out other fake nerds watches if you want to if you want to like this video and you want to subscribe to our channel you can check out other fake nerds watch videos that we have here such as stranger things that's up now um the boys we finished the boys miss marvel's mm-hmm. coming yep um that's that right yes obi-wan we'll kenobi have... that's there obi-wan kenobi's there uh we'll probably do an umbrella academy eventually yep yeah Maybe a re- no, Resident Evil. We talked about doing Resident Evil in October, right? We'll we'll eventually have some kind of thing talking about the Resident Evil show because, especially with Ryan saying that he's pretty hot on it, I'm excited to do that. So me too. Uh, so yeah, so there's plenty more things to to check out. Like you guys. likely our next serialized fake nerds watch is probably She Hulk. What about Andor? I think She Hulk starts first. Okay, well, uh, Andor and She Hulk uh, probably around then, and then I don't know. Yeah, so we'll stay tuned. Uh, we, we announce everything on our on our social media. So, so yeah, there's all that. Um, you can check out other things such as Basement Arcade and Basement Arcade Pause Menu or video game shows. Um, you can check out Animation Station and uh, Fakener Book Club. Uh, and you can check out our Mothership show. However, you can't check out our Mothership show this weekend because we are also we are not doing an episode. We are not doing an episode this weekend, even though there's so much news. Is there? Uh, there quite a lot of trailers? I wonder what's happening. Yeah. Do we need to talk about all of them? 
I mean, I want to, but I'll I'll miss the episode that I'll, I'll miss the episode that you guys will talk about them. That's kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. Um, that's uh, so. Instead, instead, guys, this is coming out before, right, Sparks? Mm, if YouTube will let me. Uh, so, it, it, hey, if it came out before Sunday, uh, July seventeenth. Uh, we have we are doing Mike's Impossible Movie tri- Movie Trivia Challenge. Mike Matola, our good friend and collaborator, Mike Matola, is returning to the podcast to do Mike's Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge. He, we've done this a few times now, four or five times, I, believe, I think, for five times. Um, and we're going to do How to Train Your Dragon. That's his newest print that he's writing out as we speak. He's ferociously writing it out to get it done by Sunday. Uh, that. I'm actually not lying, um, so that'll uh, so that will uh, be be the episode in its in the episode place will be that show. You can join us. Uh, we're I, I believe we're doing it live, so you guys can join and play along. Maybe you'll win a win a thing. We'll see what he says. All right, you can find us on Patreon. We can find us on T Public. Oh, and if this episode comes out before July after July 17th, go check that out. Um, uh, and uh, you can check out um, uh, our Patreon and our Public. We want to support us financially. Those are links below, as well as on our website, uh, fakenerdpodcast.com. Um, you can check out everything we do. All the links are on that website, which is linked below. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at fakenerdpodcast, uh, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Screen Rant, where I just put up a bunch of articles about Thor, Love, and Thunder, if you're interested. Uh, Atomic Geekdom. I have a new article coming out uh, soon, unless you're watching this on a different day, in which case it's already out. Um, and I write and I edit and write for kaijuramanmedia.com. Cookie, plug your stuff. I forgot to tell you to plug your stuff before I did all this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good, my friend. It's all good. Um, on social media, on Instagram, just little podcasts on Twitter at just podcasting. Currently on Instagram, I have a giveaway because I have reached 400 subscribers on YouTube. So congratulations. It is a Huge feat, thank you. And I am partnered up with a wonderful guy in the comic book community. Uh, he's under Four Color Creations on Instagram. Check him out. He actually does wooden carvings, and I actually have one to display. So oh. he has one that he's actually doing right now. That's very cool. It is so awesome. And it's like, it's really, really detailed. On the back of the one that he's given away for my uh, 400, it actually has my logo on the back, which is really awesome. So highly recommend checking him out. Um, Podcast, just little podcast, everywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, the whole nine yards. Uh, drop a new episode every Tuesday. What's your next episode about? Um, it's going to be on Supercon. So I went to a Comic-Con uh, a couple weekends ago, and I wanted to go and talk about that because I was able to go and get a press pass to go there. So wanted to kind of shout them out and actually really talk into detail as far as my experiences there. This is my third time going to Supercon, and... It didn't. It didn't disappoint. It was really great. Very so cool. be on the lookout for that. Sparks, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me pouring one out for Lieutenant Dale at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S P A R K Z Witty. Oh Dale. Um, okay, guys, like this video, subscribe to our channel, and until next time, see us. Live long, live long, and prosper. And prosper.